0: There are over 3 million gamers all around the world, nearly 12 times more than the estimated 275 million soccer players. Our question for today, how to reach gamers with the gospel? This is the Digital Missions Podcast. Yo, welcome to the Digital Missions Podcast, where our goal is to equip pastors like you with the tools needed to reach your first million people with the gospel. I'm your host, Justin Koo, and here's the thing. Most people have long assumed that gaming is a complete waste of time, or at least that's what my mom told me growing up. But things have clearly changed. Gaming is so much more than just an escape from school. It's now also a legitimate way to earn a living. Popular streamer XQC signed a 100 million two-year contract with a streaming platform. From just last month, a deal that is nearly as large as LeBron James' two-year contract extension with the Los Angeles Lakers. So why do I point this out? Because the monetary amount communicates something about how much perceived value there is to those who participate in this streamer's community. For better or worse, lives are being eternally impacted by video game streamers. The estimate is that gamers spend an average of two to four hours per day playing video games. And when Compare that to the one hour per week that we're lucky to have young people engage in church it should be self-evident why we need people like Pastor Scar spreading the good news through gaming. Pastor Scar is exactly that, a pastor to his nearly 25,000 followers on Twitch. He started his journey as a local church pastor, but quickly found a vast mission field, a mission field worth pioneering. I first ran into Pastor Scar while teaching at the Digital Discipleship Conference in Sydney, Australia this year, where I got to sit down and host this conversation live.
1: So essentially what that was, this was after I've just had my eyes open to the world of gaming and realized how many gamers there are in the world, which is over 3 billion active gamers worldwide. So over a third of the world's population, massive amount of people. And I couldn't think of anyone that was trying to really reach them for Jesus. This is back in early 2018. Mm -hmm. So at that point, there was this sense of man, as a Christian, I just feel like something needs to happen in this space. Like someone needs to be there, making sure that every gamer out there that aren't walking through the walls of our church still get to hear about how much God loves them and still get to to really understand this and be a part of that, that process. And from there, one day it came to me going live just by myself at home. No viewers didn't tell you when I was going to do it. It was just like, I'm going to be gaming today anyway. Might as well. I'll, I'll turn the camera on. And if someone shows up, then I'll share my faith with them like i would in normal life and if not then that's fine too and eventually that first viewer did come through how long how long till the first viewer i don't remember entirely because it was over five years ago now but it was definitely multiple days if not weeks because my i didn't have a, a stream schedule it was just like i'd go live when i would go live and that kind of thing but it was definitely within the first kind of couple of weeks but yeah it was more than an hour that's for sure yeah. it definitely wasn't go live and there they are So after a good while of zero viewers and me just essentially talking to myself, seeing it click from zero to one and then starting this conversation with this stranger who started initially by just saying hi. And I said hi. And eventually the conversation led to occupation. And they asked me, is this what you do for a job? Streaming. Yeah. 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 Because I was live. So they're like, is this what you do for a job? And I said, absolutely not. (laughs) doing a poor job. (laughs) And I'm like... No, I'm a pastor of a church and that's my mode and that's what I do. And then they responded by saying that they used to go to church once, which for me was this deep sense of, I should ask them why. Uh, Not why they used to go to church, but why they don't anymore. What happened? And I'm like, worst case scenario, they say, I don't want to talk about it. And it is what it is. But I thought "I'll, I'll just ask them and I don't know who they are. I don't know their real name. I don't know what they look like. That's the live streaming mode, right? I can just see a screen name and they're typing in the chat. And so I just say... Do you mind if I ask why you don't anymore? And they went really openly into this dialogue about all the reasons why they stopped going six years prior Hmm. and hadn't stepped foot into a church since then. Talking about their sister and their mom and then that their dad and all these things that were going on in their world. And for me, I was like, man, this is such a powerful moment because this complete stranger is verbalizing things to me that from what they've told me, they haven't spoken to anyone about in at least six years since these things were happening and they just closed the door on Christianity and on the church and just went, this ain't for me and left it. And now for the first time in six years, they're talking to a pastor about this and we're doing it on Twitch of all places with a video game as the main content. And I'm a tiny little camera in the corner and we're having this chat. And so So we did. And and then that chat ended up leading to me being able to pray for them right then and there Mm -hmm. in that live stream environment, which was a bizarre experience in itself. And they even said, I've never seen anyone pray on Twitch before. And I said, me neither. And yet here we are. And from there, it was just the start of this moment, because what that person told me is that this was the the first time in six years that they've had any level of inclination to give this another look, give this another go and even even consider what, what, what churches are. And so I remember after that calling my wife who was working out of state at the time and just saying, hey, Sarah, you're not going to believe this thing that just happened. It didn't happen during the day when I was actually doing paid ministry. It happened when I got home from ministry, from work and in, in the downtime, that's where this conversation happened in this super organic place. And I told her all about it and we were like, we need to keep looking into this because yeah, that's it was just this powerful moment of knowing that Had I bumped into that person, I would never be able to just start that conversation. But because of the anonymity involved in this mode, it allowed them to get really deep really
0: quickly and hold nothing back and be like, what about this? And just unload and allow me to speak into that. Most of the times when we have these like awesome God encounters, these moments where you get to connect with a stranger and and, and just encourage someone, you want to tell people, especially in full-time ministry, you want to tell your colleagues. And I guess I'm curious... Do you run home or do you not run home do you run to the church and tell the rest of the members on the staff do you tell the members in your church or is this one of those things where you still want to keep it hushed because the culture says and you shouldn't be here because truth be told i don't know what the church culture is like in australia but in the united states i know that there's probably a, a big hesitation like a big pushback A pastor you're on twitch you're playing video games publicly what are you doing mm,
1: yeah totally for me thankfully i landed in the other category where i was more than keen to share. If anything, I was excited to do because I was like, guys, you're never going to believe this. Now, for some context, I had seen, although I hadn't thought about it this way, I had seen ministry via video games before, but in a different mode. And what I mean by that is I recall sitting on a couch with one young man who I had met at the local skate park and wasn't a Christian. And then today is a, you know, active believer, doing amazing things, serving in the church and all that kind of stuff. And when we met, the they were really into BMX and like that kind of thing. And I didn't really know anything about that space. But one commonality that we had is that we we're both gamers. Mm-hmm. And so what we ended up doing is sitting on a couch next to each other. You've got a controller in your hand if you were him. Sorry. i had got a controller in my hand. We're both looking at the TV. And we we're so familiar with the game that we were playing that the conversation had nothing to do with the game. Mm-hmm. Our hands are doing this and our eyes are looking there. But the conversation very quickly went to, have you been yeah it's a bit a bit average oh yeah what what happened and this friendship had formed this genuine conversation had opened up through the mode of this video game it allowed us to focus in on something so that we had an excuse to be in the room if that makes sense but the conversation was very different and again this person ended up being led to the lord and it's an amazing story but at the time i always thought to do that you need to be sitting on a couch, right? right? You need to be seeing like you and I are, controller in each hand, looking at the one thing, doing the one thing. That's the only way you can do that. Because if right now, physically on this couch, there was you and me here, and there was someone there, and there was someone there and someone there, pretty soon, there's a conversation happening there, but I can't hear it anymore. Right. And it's just not viable. I can't share God's love to all of these people. Right. But via Twitch, I essentially realized all of a sudden, we can expand the couch. All of a sudden that spot that person was in can be subbed out for 1, 2, 10, 20, 100 people because the platform is built in a way that you can have one on many conversation simultaneously as long as you're being really intentional about that. And so my stream setup is done in a way where I'm really intentional about that. I've got dedicated monitors just for the chat so that all I can see is what people are saying and I'm reading that in real time and doing that dialogue, meaning I can hold conversation with many more people the couch is infinitely larger if you will all with that same premise of there's a video game but that's the secondary thing that's the reason why we get to connect but the conversation is what we're going to remember at the end of this
0: i think it's so easy to overlook the utility of doing something with someone in order to have the conversation at least i want to say especially with guys yep Women tend to have no problem doing the face-to-face, silver coffee kind of thing and having a conversation. Guys, it's a lot easier for us to bond when we're doing something. Yeah, When we're playing a sport, when we're playing a video game, we're working on a project. As long as our hands are busy, then it allows us to have a, a deeper conversation. And I just, I've never made that connection with video games. Yeah, of course, this is when I've had some of the most profound and deep conversations with all my high school buddies is over video games. This is actually how I've connected with my own father is when we would go to the arcade mm-hmm. and play games together. And so I guess I'm wondering, do, do you see that bearing out in, in, in the people who show up in the chat? Is is it a largely male audience? What, what can you give us as far as insight, as far as the kinds of people yeah. that are attracted to this type of ministry? Yeah, totally.
1: Amazing question. But here's the the beautiful part about it is that even in my in-person ministry mode, so I don't know if I mentioned this, but before I started doing this on Twitch, I had spent eight years on staff at my local church running the youth ministry as well as a bunch of other things. So that was my my mode that I had been in for a long time and one of the things that I would teach our youth leaders is when a new kid comes along and they walk into the youth group for the first time don't just go up to them and say hi and then expect them to want to hold a conversation because they're going to get real awkward real quick (laughs) instead go up to them and say hey do you want to play table tennis hey do you want to play pool hey do you want to play foosball with the little table hey do you want to play playstation because we'd have one at youth group as well do something and then in that process now ask about their date and it will get a lot less awkward because in that downtime you're still thinking about something and doing something and it doesn't feel weird Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's essentially exactly what we're doing in the online mode as far as the um, guys girls that kind of piece the world of gamers is so vast and so varied you'd be surprised that about half the people that we have on twitch are in fact female gamers and the reason why is because typically the gaming space and the online space is really unhelpful and dangerous and toxic and sexist toward female gamers. Mm -hmm. So when they find that there's actually a safe family friendly community, that they can be respected as equals and as people, then all of a sudden we get lots of female gamers being like, man, when I talk in that person's chat, I just get berated, not by the streamer, but by the other people in the chat and the streamer doesn't call it out. Whereas here, I'm actually a member of the community and I get to do that. So we actually have so many female gamers that come in. And also there are many female gamers, like a lot. My wife is one of them. Um, You mentioned yourself talking with some friends, you know, over at gaming. When my wife worked out of state for a few months in our first year of marriage, we used to do date night via the headset where (laughs) I'd be playing Call of Duty, she'd be playing Call of Duty in two different states on a PlayStation there and a PlayStation here, and we would video call each other and eat dinner together and game together, and we were chatting over the headset the entire time, using gaming as that connection piece, even within a marriage relationship.
0: (laughs) It's it's so interesting to say, because it highlights the relationship that people have to these new technologies, because this is still relatively new, and the culture and the just expectations are all different. Nowadays it's hard to meet someone if you're not using technology or an app or something along those lines. I have friends that are literally in long-term relationships, getting married because they met each other through World of Warcraft yep. in different different countries a thing. And so to hear that that this can actually have a meaningful impact is still paradigm shifting for a lot mm. of people. To think that on one level, you can actually have a real human connection is already beyond our conception. But then to think there's this place for spirituality in all of this is still really challenging for people to understand. So I guess one of the things I want to know is when, when you get to talk to people who are a bit skeptical about this, yeah. how do you demonstrate to them that, listen, this is more than just downtime. This is more than just hanging out and you got the prayer. That's cute, but that's just a prayer. I like guess, I don't know. I'm going to guess some people can be dismissive of a story like that. Is there anything else that you like like to, to talk about to demonstrate? No, this is ministry. This is, yes, there's a hobby element to it, but this is ministry.
1: Yeah, honestly, the way that I typically do that is by saying, think of the core elements of what makes church and what makes the, the youth group function. All we've done is digitize the model that already exists. <laughs> in a youth group, they have a game of soccer or football or whatever that they'll be playing outside in the car park. We do as well. It's just, we might be playing FIFA instead, right? Like, digital yeah, yeah, soccer. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, like, but, but the premise is still the same. If you zoom in too far on that, moment you'll miss the point because if you zoom in on that youth group and you see them just playing that game then you'll say that's not a youth group they're not talking about jesus they're just playing this game it's like yeah, right now they are yeah but right after this they're going to go inside for prayer and worship and then there'll be a sermon then there'll be this and that but right now is the game mode and in that same way for us if you zoom into just one point in what we do you would be like they're just gaming
0: they're just headshotting people what's what's the value of that spiritually it's like (laughs) in this exact moment
1: Yeah, we are. And in the same way that right before the church service, when it's just like announcement slides going on, they're not talking about Jesus, they're just announcements. Yeah, (laughs) but you've zoomed in too far. (laughs) Zoom out a little bit and see what the overall picture is. And in our case, every single week we have an episode of Real Talk, which is our sermon segment. So in the same way that you would at a church or at a youth group, we're doing that online in the live streaming space every week with guest speakers, missionaries, leaders, pastors, different people, even myself getting into God's word and, and doing that. Every single week, we have prayer groups that operate at a certain time in different time zones for people to come and pray together and be prayed for. Every single week, we have Bible study groups that meet online and do this in different time zones, again, for different people. Every single stream, we have prayer time for each other and different people can send their prayer requests in, which we'll respond to in real time and actually do. The ministry components of this are all in there. They're just scattered in a different way. But those core fundamentals are there. And for me, what what it comes down to is going... Let me show you the fruit. <laughs> Let me show you the result. You know what I mean? Let me tell you about all these different people that we've met just this week and what's happening in their world and how this person got prayed for who has never even met a Christian before in their life physically. And now they reach out to us regularly for prayer. And then those stories are plentiful because we've been in this space for five years. And, and in that time, this has seen such wide impact and such a wide reach. That's the the mode that we come to. Even my parents would originally be like, wait, you you left your church job to to do this like how is this ministry yeah and then I would tell them and i will be like let me tell you about insert name here yeah and yeah and so what they found the first time is they went oh okay and then the next week when I'd have dinner with them again I'd share another story and the next week another story and next week another story and then they go you didn't have this many stories before yeah <laughs> like, when you did it the normal way you didn't have this many stories you had stories of course but here they're just really out there stories of people we, we've had people that have come through and said i, I live in a town of 30 people wow. and so there is no church here mm. because we were like hey let's get you connected into a church and they're like yeah but there is none mm. and i'm like yeah but we'll find you one." no there's 30 people they're like i don't think you understand like we've got internet but like
0: this is a small town and there's that's you are the church thing yeah, that was one of the most profound kind of paradigm shifts for me was getting a YouTube comment saying, Hey, I can't plug into a local church. There, there's we're like, how can I find a community? There's no churches nearby me. Mm-hmm. I responded real, real sure of myself. I'm thinking LA. I'm thinking Sydney. I'm thinking New York. I'm like, what do you mean there's no churches? Google a church near you, call them up and to say, Hey, I'd love to join your youth group. Can you pick me up? And maybe the first church says no, but the second or third church will say yes. And so I'm like, I'm being hard on this person. And the person mm-hmm. responds in the comment and says, no, you don't understand. Like, I live in a Muslim country. Yep. There are no churches near me. I don't know another Christian. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, what I'm doing is so much more than just making entertaining videos. Yeah. On the internet, we're providing a space for community. And I, and I thought that, that was there was something that, that just rocked my world. You, you, you got to play a testimonial video. You did a meetup. Not too far from where you live. Yeah. Inviting people from your local area to come and grab a, what was a coffee or a grab a mm. milkshake? I said, I'll buy you a milkshake. Buy a milkshake. <laughs> Turns out there's no milkshakes in Starbucks. Yeah. People <laughs> showed up anyways. One of the young men on the video that you played, and we'll include the video in the link uh, below this episode, because you need to watch it. It's incredible. Mm. To see these kids and their faces. When you, they, you ask them the question, like, why did you show up? Yeah. Simple prompt. That was it. One guy's like, I showed up because this stream is a sanctuary for me. Mm i'm just like man what you're doing is literally creating sacred space and time for people to come and just to be transformed through community through through kindness through empathy through love and through uh, through preaching the gospel Mm. i just thought man that's powerful yeah absolutely and
1: yeah I'm, i'm glad you mentioned that video because i still that was a couple of years ago now but every time i watch it it's just this reminder of the fact that is a small sample of the wide community that we reach these are just the ones that happen to live in near the same part of sydney that i am that could travel into this one spot but with a community like ours where we've got over 110 different countries that tune into the live stream they're not all making it to to that starbucks right and so it's just seeing some of those stories and knowing that there are so many others out there we too have had people come in and say i i'm in a muslim nation and there is no church here and you know, that kind of thing that now are at a point where when something goes wrong in their world, they'll message me and say, hey, Pastor Scott, can you be praying for this? Because they've spent that long in our community, knowing that it's a safe place where we can love them and and bring them in. And the amount of people that will come in and say, oh, am I allowed to be here? Because they feel like there's some gatekeeping of, oh, but I'm not a Christian. Oh, but I'm an atheist. Oh, but I'm this, but I'm that. Am I allowed to watch you? Am I allowed to be here? And I say, dude, everyone is welcome.
0: Why do you think the atheists choose to show up To to consume and to be a part of a community, to consume content from Pastor Scar. Yeah. It it just it doesn't make sense and yet it happens. Yeah. Where often showing up. Yeah. Um for a lot of them,
1: it's that safe space. It's mm -hmm. that community. It's the fact that The values in what we do, the same values that that, that Christ are things that a lot of people resonate with. We aren't sexist or racist or toxic or like doing those things that typically in the gaming world, particularly It's, it's amplified, you get so much of. And so therefore we have people, even atheist people, who are like, I want to send my kids to watch this
0: stream. Wow, and- okay, so that makes sense. If I'm a parent, even if I'm a, not a Christian, if, but I'm, I care about my kid, yep. I'm a good parent as as much as I know hell, and my kids into gaming, I'm not wanting them to watch the, the, the most popular streamers. I am looking for uh, a place that will, will speak life into my channel, yep. that will actually guide them in a positive route. That makes a lot of sense. I totally. thought even the parents of kids and their atheist parents would still prefer their children to go to you in the stream
1: because I'm a lot of down the street and foot yeah yeah but a lot of those alternatives are people out there who have content that is like every time i get a win i'll take a shot or like all these different things that are just showing a culture that a lot of people are like i, I don't want my I want, kids no. adopting that. i just don't i just don't want that and even people that don't have kids going i just don't want to be around that mm-hmm. i don't want to have that as what feeds into me but instead i want some encouragement and i want someone that will actually stop the gameplay just to pray for me. What? And and that's, that's just a different world. There are people that have come in and literally said, I don't even believe in prayer, but here's what's going on. So if you wanna pray for me, feel free. <laughs> and <I'll, laughs> Those are the best prayers. Yeah, and I'm just like, let's make it happen. And, and the way that I do it is I say, I'm really transparent about the fact that I am a Christian. Yeah, that's so a that, name. Yeah, totally. And, and I'm like, that is going to be a part of what we do. Not as a, here's a show, here's content, and I'm going to be some Christian performer. But instead, it's me going, the live streaming is about authenticity. For me, the live streaming is about authenticity because there's no blooper reel. There's no outtakes. You stuff up, you burp mid-sermon, it's in there, right? Like <laughs> you, There's no editing it out. You just go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that because for me, I'm like, you can't fake it till you make it in this space. You got to be yourself. And so the way that I do things is I say to our audience, regardless of their faith, I say, look, I'm a Christian. And so therefore the only way for me to be the most authentic version of myself is for that to obviously be a part of what we do because it matters to me. And so that is going to be something. If you share something with me and I feel like, man, I really wanna pray for you. I'm gonna say, hey man, I'd love to pray for you. That's gonna be a part of it. It's not me forcing my religion on you at all, by all means, but it's me just going, the only way that I can be genuine to who I am and what I believe is by talking about my faith because it is so real to me. And therefore, I'm, I'm really upfront about that. So even when we do real talk, people know it's at a certain time on a certain day. And there are some people that will know that and therefore will leave before real talk and say, hey, we'll be back right after. Cool, no worries, see you soon. But then there are a lot of people that are like, oh, we're actually doing a giveaway right after Real Talk. Oh, we're actually going to be playing another game right after Real Talk. I've been hanging out with you for four hours already. Why leave for 15 minutes just to come back? I'll just hang out. And, and they get a chance to be encouraged in that mode. And so it's, But we do that in a way that's really streamlined and really natural. And it's not trying to force anything that is, there's no bait and switch. There's no anything like that. But instead, it's just a sense of, this is real for me. And I want to be real to my community. And so therefore, I'm going to talk about my faith. And I'll do it in a way that is really honest and true in terms of what God is teaching me. Just this very week, I did a real talk and we're talking about the importance of rest. Why? Because I'm going on annual leave next week. And I was explaining to everyone in the community why I'm taking that break. Because obviously some people are like, oh, but we're going to miss the streams. And I'm like, I get that. But, and I used the analogy of you can't pour from an empty glass. I got a physical glass and I poured some and, and and I showed what we do in this spaces we pour out into a lot of people but i needed some time to recharge and to fill up my tank and i need to take that away and spend some time with god spend some time with my wife really not have to have content brain on so that i can then invest in you guys better when i get back and and do that and because i shared that as part of real talk everyone was just like hey you know what scar take a month like you know what i'm doing you're gonna do do what you gotta do literally but it's that level of it's less of a here's this three-point sermon that i've prepared for you but it's more of a Here's this organic everyday God is teaching something, showing something, leading in some way. Let's continue to journey together. And as the community tell me about what's happening in their faith journey, I'm telling them about what's happening in mine. And it's this it's this conversation right. that really organically becomes what it is. And then also has the structure in the sense of the Bible study groups that we do and those kinds of things
0: as well that, yeah. that just amplify all of that. Yeah. So. So currently, as I understand it right now, you have found a a meaningful level of success on the platform. You're a Twitch partner. I think the statistics that you said it was something like 250,000 unique Mm -hmm. viewers at at one point, like just great stuff. But I want to take a a step backwards because the journey getting there is often overlooked. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people can look at people, people can see successful content creators, digital missionaries, whatever the language that you prefer to use and say, you know what? They had something special. They had... A better anointing they just had more money than i and there's just a, a certain imposter syndrome that tends to show its face whenever you hear these amazing stories and you just think i could never do that and, yeah. and i really want to explore this kind of transition piece because it didn't come without significant sacrifice and cost mm. and you and i were talking before just how much i related so much to this moment i just I think there's something beautiful here. You would come home from work, you you'd do a full-time pastoring thing, and then you'd spend a significant amount of time doing the streaming ministry, and that's really yep. what it is. But at some point, there's a fork in the road. Yep. You end up in a cabin, an Airbnb, somewhere out in some blue hills, something, whatever the other I'm blue, mountains. blue mountains. Blue mountains, that's the one. <laughs> a couple-day retreat, fasting and praying. Can you walk us through what's going through your mind as you're fasting and praying and trying to figure out the next step?
1: Yeah, for me, it was the sense of God, you've brought these two things that I care about to me, that I love doing, that I love investing into. One is my local church ministry. It's the youth group that I've been leading for almost a decade at that point, and I've been involved in for even longer at a church that I had grown up in. So it's something I'm very passionate about. Then on the other hand, there's this new ministry where we're reaching people in countries that I don't even know how to pronounce, right? It's The reach is phenomenal and the stories are incredible, but both of them are taking a lot. It's very taxing. There's a lot of pastoral care that goes into it. There's a lot of thought that goes into it. There's a lot of emotional weight that go into that. And I'm like, if I keep on trying to do both to the degree that is required, it's not going to be good. I'm going to burn out. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm not going to be able to do either. And so that is where at that Airbnb, it was just this sense of God, what is it that you're calling me to do? And knowing the practical implications of that, because one of those two pathways, the church avenue comes with a full-time salary attached that, you know, is how we pay our mortgage. It's how we live is off my income.
0: Uh, I'm laughing because no one else thinks, man, pastoral ministry, secure, good job, good pay. (laughs) But but in the context of this story, that's exactly what it is.
1: (laughs) Comparatively, that one was the secure one. The other one had a wider reach and more fruit that we were seeing in that sense, but no income attached at all and so was it like money versus mission were like more or less the two options distilled in your mind? well not really because both of them were me being obedient to the calling right both Mm -hmm. of them were me reaching the next generation right it's just that one of those two things seemed to have an even wider reach Mm -hmm. and that was the thing where it was like there are people that i wouldn't be able to reach otherwise that we're reaching through this gaming ministry right whereas the local church youth
0: model You'd yes. be replaced. Yes, yeah, it's not a nice reality, but it is a reality. Someone can—that's someone... exactly
1: what I felt God saying mm. was that the church that I was at can hire someone else to do what I do. They'll do it in their own way. It'll be different. It'll reach different people, but it will be the the youth be will continue. Yeah. But in this space, if we neglect this space, if we step out of this space, and again, at this point in time, I know of no one in this space. Right. So it's someone needs to trailblaze, someone needs to pioneer, someone needs to go into the unknown and figure it out so that it can be taught to others for generations to come. This is a ministry space that is uncharted and needs that. And so the only, at that point, it became clear that this is the one to go with. The, you know, when I was weighing up the pros and cons from a ministry perspective, the only kind of. Major Pro, if you will, of the other that wasn't of equal footing was the finance piece. And then I was like, at the end of the day, God's not calling me for a paycheck. He's mm-hmm. calling me to minister to people. He's calling me to love people and to share his love with people. And I can do that even more in this uncharted space. And so that's where it was this sense of, okay, god, mm-hmm. if if that's what you're saying, then I need to be obedient to that because I don't want to make my decision based off just the practicality yeah. i want to make my decision based off of what is going to be the most obedient way to live my life according to god's word and i'm reading the bible say
0: go and make disciples of all nations and therefore i didn't do that yeah <laughs> so you get to the end of a couple of days of this retreat you're praying god basically makes it clear to you this is the direction that we want you to lean in because this is where you have the opportunity to have the biggest impact you can blaze a trail set the new kind of pace for people to come behind you But I know the backstory. The backstory is you have a mortgage that's due that month. Correct. And so there's a very real risk and you got to come home Mm. and have a conversation with the wife. Yeah, I love the faithfulness of your wife. It reminds me so much of Emily when I came home and I told her, hey, I got to quit my job in order to be faithful to God. Like AKA, I'm going to make YouTube videos and you're going to pay the bills. You had this conversation with your wife. Essentially, essentially. Do your best to put yourself in Pastor Scar's position. 10 years have been invested in the local church community with some really meaningful fruit to show, and yet, if he's discerning things correctly, the Holy Spirit is calling him to take a leap of faith, to step away from security and certainty all for the sake of mission, all for the sake of seeking first the kingdom of God. And it's here I want to leave you with this today. If you had nothing else but the kingdom of God to optimize for, how would you live your life differently? If you were to truly seek first the kingdom, what would you be doing that you're not doing now? Because it's here that I want to point you back to the promise. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all will be added. Next week, we're going to hear how God is in fact delivering on his promise to take care of Pastor Scar and his family as they seek his kingdom first. See you then. This episode of the Digital Missions Podcast was made possible in part by the Adventist learning community. Thanks to their help, we're offering all listeners of this podcast free access to the Empty Pews to a Million Views Masterclass. Learn how to reach your first million people with the gospel in as little as 30 minutes per day. More info in the show notes.